Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So we are going to review Wolf. It is a Stopes Pax book number one by Rebecca Zanetti, who is one of my favorite authors. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to talk to you about this book. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you have to say. <laughs> so uh, do you have the description up? I do, but it's kind of weird because when you pull it up on Amazon, there's this little blurb. There's like a little picture with a quote from one of her reviews. Then there's a little blurb that's not the blurb. It's actually an excerpt from the book. Mm. I'm like, this is very weird. I don't understand why this is in there. And it's almost as if it's supposed to be their meet cute when they meet for the first time in the book. But it's not. This is actually something that happens in chapter 12 of the book. So I don't understand why it's there. So you have to scroll past all of this shit to get to the description. (sighs) Meet cute. I've not heard that expression before. What is that? Meet cute is when the couple meets in the book for the first time. And usually it's very common in rom-coms. We call it a meet cute because it's cute. It's how they meet. Sometimes it's funny. It's just their initial introduction to one another. Okay. I I need some kind of spreadsheet with all these little, like you said, rom-com. I'm like, I think it that means a romance. Yeah. Romantic comedy. Yeah, I don't know. All these little acronyms. <laughs> because you young people don't have the time to say the entire word. Rom-com is not a young person thing. They even say that about like movies. Like saying no, sci-fi movies. You would say like well, a that... rom-com movie. Oh, okay. So I know sci-fi. I'll give you that. Okay. All right. So, so l- do you want to read whatever it is you found? Or do you want to then just dive into the book? No, I'll read it because this was actually interesting. I didn't read this until this morning when I looked it up. Oh, okay, good. So for the description, it says number one in Kindle Vela at launch. So I didn't realize that this came out on that new app. Well, I guess it's not that new at this point, but Kindle Vela says Rebecca Zanetti returns to her paranormal romance roots when Mia Stone is asked to consult on a case in the middle of nowhere she leaps at the chance to escape the disaster that has become her FBI career while ignoring the threat still pursuing her her instincts tell her that the small mining town of Lost Lake is out of the norm. And that's before she meets the strongest suspect, a sexy and dangerous Seth Volk, who draws her in a way she can't fight. Seth Volk has enough on his plate without worrying about a sweet and brilliant investigator on his tail. At his heart, he's a predator, which comes in handy as the enforcer for his family and also his pack. His secret is barely beneath the surface, and if he allows Mia to too close, 
She'll see the wolf he tries to hide. When an unknown threat comes out of the forest, their only path to survive is with each other, no matter how sharp his bite or how deadly her wit. So this is classified as a werewolf and shifter mystery, mystery romance. Um, it also says enemies to lovers, hidden lives, wolf packs on the hunt, female agent on the case, hot and sizzling tension, and faded mates. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to hear all of that, but of course my dogs started losing their minds when... I wish I could just throw these dogs out the front door sometimes and say, <laughs> you know what? You you go deal with life on your own because you're really messing with mine. I mean, you didn't miss much. I mean, you read the book, right? So you don't really need yeah. to know the blurb. The only thing that I thought was interesting from the blurb was that the book came from Kindle Vela. I think when I first saw this book, I saw that and I thought, well, I don't have that app. I thought it was a Vela. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Crap. Hold, hold on. Okay. They're barking at someone. Okay. Uh, sounded like you were back, but okay, I'm back. Are. Okay. Sounded like you were gone. Well, I muted myself. Because you were gone, so. Oh, I came back, and you were not there, so. Oh, yeah. We I, if we had to do this professionally, <laughs> we would have been fired so many, many times. Well, good thing we don't get paid for this, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right. Like, like I've said before, you get what you pay for, and you don't pay for this. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right. So uh, we were saying, I don't remember what we were saying. We were talking about it being on Kindle Vela, and I think that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah. My next door neighbor, the people behind me, you know them. Mm -hmm. I don't know what their issue is because every time they have a motorcycle or he has a motorcycle and every time he leaves and every time he returns, he must rev the engine for whatever reason over and over again, multiple times. I have been with a lot of people that have had motorcycles. I've never seen them do that. I don't know why they feel the need to do that, but it freaks my dogs out and they lose their shit every time these people come home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's very loud. It's okay, annoying. So I apologize to you and any potential listeners, but I'm back. So let's do this. We apologize to Trev and Remy because we know for sure that they listen. Everyone yeah. else is a mystery. Yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out to our girls. We love you. <laughs> Thanks for your support. Can I say what their actual meet cute was in the book? Sure. Okay, so the little blurb that was on Amazon was actually something that happened in chapter 12. They had known each other at this point for 12 full chapters. So this is how they meet in the beginning of the book. She is in that small town. He's behind bars. So they're meeting in like a jail prison situation. She shows up to talk to him and he says to her, I want to talk to you. She frowns. Why? He says, your voice is pretty. He rubbed the stubble on his chin, kind of like Ingrid Bergman's in Casablanca. Soft and classy with a hint of sass. Warmth messed with caution in her chest. Bogey embodied everything she'd ever wanted in a man. Plus, that was her favorite movie. But your eyes are sad. 
haunted. Seth's large hands wrapped around the bars. Who hurt you, Mia? Oh gosh, her favorite movie is Casablanca. That's just tragic. And plus, she's like, what, 30 years old? Like what 30 year old has their favorite movie be Casablanca? She's all about old movies and old music. That's like her thing in this book. She describes him in the jail as possibly being in his early 30s, at least six and a half feet tall. His hair was pure black and his features masculine and solid. Though his eyes were a mixture of different colors, light to dark, a scar ran down the right side of his jaw to uh, disappear in thick hair that almost reached his shoulders. She's all too rough to be called handsome. There was no doubt he was compelling. That's how she describes the character. Yes, he sounded good. He looks good on the cover. I don't know if you saw the post I did to our Instagram story where I shared the cover and I said, he reminds me of Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Very handsome version of Pacey. I did not mind the cover or how he's described in the book for sure. Well, apparently I need to support our own Instagram page because (laughs) no, I didn't see that. Uh, I didn't watch Dawson's Creek because I was older and you were what? How old were you when you were watching that show? I I think I was a teenager also. Yeah, I was going to say. I wasn't watching that. I don't know what the hell I was doing, but I I didn't watch Dawson's Creek. So I don't know that obscure reference. But yes, their relationship starts right off the bat where she's questioning, did did someone hurt you? He, she says to him, do you harm women? No. Is the person, and then he asks her, and I love this, is the person who hurt you still alive? She's like, no. Oh, and then then he says something like, you're lying, right? Yeah. No. Why did you just lie to me? She shot and killed the man who hurt her, but she thinks he had a partner. Mm -hmm. And if so, he's still alive. But she's there on the the request of the sheriff, who is named Pete Maxwell. He used to work with her. What's his name? Zeth asked her, you were a cop. And she said, FBI, actually... So that's how Pete and and Newt call her and say, can you come out and help me solve this murder case? Mia used to be an FBI agent, an FBI profiler, and she's on leave from the FBI. She was released from the FBI. She's got all this mm-hmm. free time on her hands, basically, because of what happened with the last case and the last serial killer she was pursuing. Yes, but she does have a job in Seattle waiting for her where she's not going to be an agent, but she's going to be a, a psychologist to profile okay killers um there was something else in the book where he's thinking about himself he thinks about himself he'd been born a monster or Mm -hmm. he'd earned this title in his teens either way it was entirely too late to ask such a question entirely too late to even think about being with a sweet thing like mia she deserved better okay i highlighted this portion because i absolutely hate this plot point or this character flaw in a book where it's like, she's too good for me. I don't deserve her. I'm bad. Like, I hate that character trait. It's so annoying to me. Well, you must love this (laughs) because it starts right off the bat in chapter one where he's doing this. Yeah, no, this is like the first thing 
thing that he thinks. But also, she's not sweet. Like, these people butt fucking heads the entire book. Like, why does he think that she's sweet? Because she looks good? Like, her personality's not sweet. So I don't... Right. She right away starts asking him questions. Did you kill Ruby Redbird? She right away asks the question. And she asks that question over and over again. Where, Mm -hmm. yes, they do butt heads. And she's like, if you didn't kill her, who did? I don't know. But he wants to find out. She's like, have you killed before? Yes. And then all of a sudden he looks at her and he says, step away from the cell. Because she's gotten closer, even though she was told by the sheriff, don't get close. And she's like, I don't know why, but there's no logical reason for her to obey his command. Yet there she stood. She had moved away. And right then two men come in. We can tell right away that he's got all of these supernatural abilities he can tell when she's lying Mm -hmm. because supersonic hearing because he can hear people approaching yeah so the sheriff walks in with zess attorney and right away she's mia says to the lawyer your client is a killer and he's like who the hell are you and then zeth steps up to the bars because already he wants to protect her from the attorney of course yeah. His instincts take over. Even though his brain is telling him, no, this is a mistake. Can I read the highlight I did from when they kiss for the first time? Honey, you can do anything you want. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is when they kiss for the first time. And this is what he says to her. I have a feeling you were a lost little girl long before the problems in DC, weren't you? Fire ripped through her gut and she knocked his hand away. Rage heated the air in her lungs. Fuck you. Any civility stripped from his face, grabbing her arms, he hauled her up until they stood nose to nose. That's an offer I'll accept. Then his mouth took hers. Was this supposed to be sexy? You're way in the book now. I don't know where I am in the book, but I highlighted this because this was not sexy to me at all. I didn't highlight, I mean, I highlighted as I read, but yes, I'm probably skipping large chunks of the book. So he's six and a half feet tall, right? I don't remember how tall she is. He grabs her by the arms and picks her up until they're face to face. <laughs> what is, are her feet dangling? Yeah, that, that would hurt. That might hurt. And then he kisses her. I'm like, okay, so you got the enemies to lovers thing and your hate kissing. This was a little much for me. Like, how does the fuck you equal any sort of consent to this guy? There's like no consent in this book. There is no consent, but this is not the first time that that I've read that in these type of books. Uh, Yeah, this author is a big fan of no consent, I think. Oh, yeah, you had said that before. Yeah, or Um, dubious consent. I, I will admit, right... 20 minutes into the podcast. I'm not a fan of this author. So (laughs) I don't understand how you can, you're so freaked out about the consent thing. But then when you read these Omega alpha shifter books and the alpha is so mean to the Omega, that's okay. They're not humans. So maybe. Oh, 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 okay. So I I can suspend my belief. And if everyone is on board with like, this is how pack dynamics work. And this is my lot in life. And then it's easier for me to suspend my belief. Whereas this is supposed to be a serious book. This book was released this year. Yeah. Just be a serious romance. To me, it read a lot like a 90s romance. Well, I live my life suspending belief because I can't function otherwise. So it doesn't even phase me. It's a book. 
it's a fantasy. We talk about the, what are those snake things? What do you call them? Nagas. Nagas that, you know, not their women and they're pretty brutal. And I think for me, it's easier to accept a book like that because Mm. it is so far-fetched from reality. I felt like this book takes itself very seriously. It's trying to be a serious romantic suspense. You know, it's a very serious case. Like, I, I'm a cop. I'm an agent. Like, how dare you sorts of things. She but does like, say that over and over again to the point where it's annoying. Yeah, she talks about how she's a cop or I'm an agent. I actually looked it up because it bugged the shit out of me. She says cop or a version of being a cop 45 times in the book. How do you look up a particular thing so in the app you can press the looks like a little magnifying glass and you can look up a word oh or a phrase so i had to look up a couple things in this book because there are repeated phrases well do you want to review this book or do you want to just go straight to the what you've rated this book (laughs) no i want to keep talking about what i didn't like in this book because i want to hear what you liked about it and then i want to talk about things that i didn't like about it i want to keep talking about it (laughs) okay all right you you mean but bitching about it but okay yeah this it's my turn to hate a book so you just gotta let me go okay (laughs) all right that that's absolutely fine but i think we need to set up what this book is about so Zeth is the adopted son of Benjamin Volk and his brother is Eric Volk. And I guess that Benjamin or Ben was married to Zeth's mother. And one of the conditions for her consent to marry him is that he adopted her son. There are multiple packs living in this area. And I guess each pack has a mine and Zeth's father owns the silver mine. We find out about these packs and there's like a granite mine, a copper mine, a silver mine, and there's one more that I can't think of off the top of my head. But Zeth is the pack's enforcer and Eric is slated to become the alpha of the pack when Benjamin dies or steps down. Ruby Redbird was someone that was dating Eric they say Ruby, Ruby's people are deep earth diggers, which are people that work in the mine. I guess that's how they address them. We find out that Ruby is, was murdered. She was found spread eagle and secured to the ground by shiny handcuffs that were attached to like climbing bolts. She's been beaten and there is a spike that remains embedded in her throat. That was so gross. Yeah, it was gross. And the handcuffs are, there's a stamp on the handcuffs that says Volk Mining. Yes. So apparently these wolf shifters also have a silver mine. Isn't that convenient? And they make handcuffs. Well, I'm surprised that they even- Or something. Yeah. Why do they, if the silver is what can kill them and they can't recover from and poison their blood system- I would think they would blow up those mines <laughs> instead of mining them and bringing that stuff out of the ground to hurt them. I think it's because it's like a keep your friends close, but your enemies closer sort of situation. So they can control the silver mines, hmm. but then they also only make handcuffs for their town. So I don't know if it's because they have to use those handcuffs to subdue other 
wolves or what it, it was kind of weird that they're so closely tied with the silver mine okay so we find out about mia while she was profiling a serial killer the serial killer kidnapped her mother her name is gina and her aunt Dottie, Gina's so messed up from this kidnapping that her sister, who is referred to as Aunt Dottie, was a former nun. And she left to take care of Mia's mother um, because she was tortured by the serial killer. There was a lot of things in Mia's backstory. Yes. So many things. Mia was in and out of foster care. Because Gina suffers from mental illness and she was not able to take care of her. And Mia ended up getting out of the system because eventually her aunt Dottie, you know, showed up in the picture or something. Yeah. And raised her. But my question reading this book is, is her mother mentally ill or is her mother a seer? Oh, interesting. I actually don't know. I had to stop reading this book at 74%. So get out. I no, I'm not kidding you. I hated certain things about this book. And the thing that I really was like actually disgusted me about this book was the constant reference to people being crazy and the loony bin and like the absolute disregard for mental health issues. Where at the same time, her mother confesses to being a schizophrenic because she did drugs when she was a teenager. So I'm like, how, how are you constantly using derogatory terms for mental illness when one of your characters is supposed to suffer from mental illness? It did not make sense to me at all. Yeah, I was a little confused about the brothers that show up. I didn't understand what was happening with that. I don't know. I, I don't I, even really know what brothers you're talking about. What? Well, they weren't real brothers, but it was that religious cult thing that was happening. Oh, yeah. What was that? Brother Jeremiah, right? And some yes. other people. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that either. Like I said, there was a lot going on with the book. And then I was kind of thinking, because I know she has a lot of other series. I was like, maybe some of these people are from the other series and this is a spinoff. No, not that I know of. Okay, I, yeah. Maybe they're going to be in the future series. I don't know why they even went to the psych ward to see that person. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that either. Like she goes at one point to talk to somebody. And for a while, I was thinking it was the serial killer guy from her FBI case. But then I was like, oh, no, wait, she killed that guy. Mm -hmm. So then this guy, I don't know, was he, he did a murder in Seattle, but it was not part of these other murders, but he was so heavily medicated. She kind of takes everything he says with a grain of salt and she chalks him up to being crazy. And I, I didn't really get it either. Well, I don't know that he was actually guilty or if he was um, just set up. I don't know either. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what was happening with all that. I think after reading the book, he was just set up. I think I stopped reading it shortly after that because she talks to the guy and then she starts saying like, oh, that guy's crazy as hell, things like that. And then that was kind of like, that pushed me over the edge. I had to stop. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, at one point, this is just an example of their back and forth that mm -hmm. kind of annoyed me. I didn't like Seth at all. I don't find the way he speaks to her sexy. She says, she's constantly saying this, you know, I'm a cop, right? Yeah. So he, he responds, you're a woman first, darling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. She does call Seth out on these things. 
Yeah. And he does times. say like, what is this backwaters town? And like, this is the fifties. Did I go through the twilight zone? Mm -hmm. So she at least calls him out on this kind of shit, but he's constantly doing this and she's constantly like, I'm a cop. Okay. Then at one point, I think they're like fighting with each other and she can't overpower him. Obviously he has all these supernatural abilities that she doesn't know about. Right. But as a former FBI agent, she just thinks to herself, darn his military training. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, you also had training. You went through the FBI Academy. Like, right. Like, uh, okay. She, she gives up pretty quickly when it comes to them, like physically fighting with each other. Yes. I don't know if it's because she's torn by her attraction to him or I don't know, to be honest with you. She can't win the fight with him. So right. obviously she has to give up at some point. She just kind of gave up so quickly. I don't know. I wish she had tried harder, I guess. Do you? Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know what I needed from this book. Okay, I did like his brother, Eric. I liked him too. This was another reason I was thinking maybe this was a spinoff from a different series. Because at one point it talks about how Eric has his pilot's license just like Seth and Ben do. And they have more than one corporate plane. And I was like, what doesn't this guy have? Because Seth has the pilot's license. He's ex-military. At one point, she thinks about how she looked up his military file. I don't know how the fuck she would have gotten that if she's no longer with the FBI, but okay. Hunter, she thinks he's a hunter, a tracker, as well as a sniper. He was one of the most dangerous of all those. Well, I did think to myself... He, they own a silver mine, but silver's not worth a lot of money. And let me tell you, neither is slate and neither is granite. I used to sell that stuff and was in that industry, especially the stuff that's found in America. Maybe in other countries there are exotic granites, but you can't even find slate now. So how these packs had money and were there, the sky was a limit on what these people owned. Maybe the copper, I could see the copper mine producing money because copper is worth money, but not these other two things. It, yeah, never was really explained how they got all of their money just from the silver mine. And then they say they only make handcuffs for their town. So it's not like they're making handcuffs for the entire nation for police officers, which I would have believed helped them get all this money, right? Right. I have to talk about when he finally bites her. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm gonna read it. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up, people. Oh my god, this thing horrified me. Oh god. He held her tightly, his teeth piercing tissue and muscle until embedding in bone. Holy shit. With a low growl, his jaw snapped shut and his teeth met in the middle. Okay, he pounded into her, taking as he marked. Tears ripped into her eyes. She gasped, coughing in pain. Oh my God, when it said in here that his teeth met in the middle, I almost barfed. Yeah, I've never heard that before. And I thought, well, that was kind of weird. If they met in the middle, wouldn't the bone break? Wouldn't she would be missing a chunk of her shoulder if all of his teeth are connecting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and wouldn't she be screaming her lungs out? Because I've gotten paper cuts that make my eyes water, and I can't imagine 
having somebody <laughs> bite me till their teeth met. This was the worst mating bite I've ever read because mm. of how it's described here. And all I could think about was Goldie Hawn in Death Becomes Her when pieces of her start going missing. <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, there's Ugh. no way he bites her like this and her shoulder isn't missing. But then in the book, a few, I don't know, paragraphs, chapters later, she's holding a gun and trying to like hunt people down. I'm like, bitch, your shoulder is missing. How is this possible? I don't know. Oh my magic. God. It's it so magic. so painful. It did sound painful. I have to agree with you. I was like, oh God, this is different. Okay, their sex scenes made me laugh because when they finally have sex, she repeatedly mentions how he's going to town so forcefully that the plaster yes. is falling off the walls. Mm-hmm. That the bed frame is hitting the walls and plaster comes flying off and like landing on them. I'm like, oh my God, you're going to have to go to the doctor because you're getting a lung infection. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me a lot about, I, I couldn't stand Twilight. I couldn't stand that whole series was absurd. But when Bella and Edward got married and they go to that island and have sex after she's turned mm -hmm. and the room is absolutely and completely destroyed. And I thought this is the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. Doesn't she start eating raw eggs by the dozen in that book too, after she turns or something horrible in that yeah, book? I don't know, honey. I, that, I didn't read the book. I only saw the movie. Oh, I was like, oh, oh that's even God. worse. <laughs> <laughs> Those movies were fucking yeah. trash confession because I okay. have read trash books. I read all of those books when they came out. Mm-hmm. And then I finished the series and fucking hated myself for reading the series. <laughs> <laughs> the self-loathing uh, for reading those books was so real. I'm like, why? Okay, so this is a prime example of why you should DNF a book at any point. In the series, at one point, the guy that's the werewolf that's really into her, uh, why do, I want to say Jacob is his name. Mm-hmm. He ends up seeing her daughter and that becomes like instantly his fated mate. I almost threw up. I was like, why? And then I kept reading the book. I'm like, why did I keep reading this? As soon as he sees the daughter and yeah. is like, it's, I've been obsessed with you forever, but actually your kid who's like 20 years younger than me is my fated mate. Gross. Okay. So we we're off on a tangent, but I will say <laughs> I thought in the movie he agrees to be her mate when she grows up in order to protect her. Honestly, I didn't see the movies. I started watching the first movie. And then when Robert Pattinson sees Bella for the first time, and he like grips the desk in oh, yeah. the classroom and makes these stupid fucking faces. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't do it. I hated the book series. Why am I even watching these? The acting is terrible. So I don't know what happens in the movies but in the book series it's definitely insta love faded mate see her doesn't do anything with her like it wasn't gross like that i'm just saying it was gross because he was obsessed with bella for so long and then the daughter ended up being his how can person. you deny what i'm telling you then as he's to be the fated mate for bella's daughter in order to save her if you didn't watch the movie because I watched the movie and I think that's how much he loves Bella, that he's willing to really give up the love of his life and devote his life to protecting her child. But I'm I don't just give a shit. I, I hated that whole series. 
I, I hated I, it too. I'm just that's probably how it was portrayed in the <clears> movies because it was such a disgusting yeah situation in the books. I'm just saying in the books, it wasn't some sort of an agreement he had with Bella. Okay, I didn't read take the book. The daughter, yeah, it, you're definitely not missing anything. Well, I will say that I felt exactly the same way with Fifty Shades of Grey. I, I, women that were just losing their mind over this book were uh, you did damage, I think, to women in general. The book was horrible. I couldn't finish it. I did start watching the movie. I did think, how the hell are you going to portray this in a movie? Because there's, it's all about sex. And I couldn't finish watching it either. It was the worst freaking movie and book ever. Okay, that's funny. Because I actually feel like the movies were better than the book. Because... I read the first book and I hated the first book because she has a lot of inner monologue, dialogue with herself, what have you, mm -hmm. where she constantly refers to this sexual awakening she's having with him and her inner persona as her inner goddess. Oh, I hate when people say that. It was disgusting. She constantly referenced it in the book. She constantly thought about how her inner goddess was awakening. I'm like, bitch, you're 19. <laughs> You've never done anything. You're a married Jane. And mm. as a grown ass woman, I cannot support you having this weird thing about it. First of all, 19 year olds don't think about inner goddess shit. Like, what is that? Right. Yeah, I don't know. It was very weird. So I actually thought that the movies were better than the book because I didn't have to hear her and her stupid fucking thoughts. Well, I couldn't except the fact that this guy looked like he was 23 years old and was a multi-billionaire already. But, you know, again, we're off topic. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Do we want to finish talking about this book? Can you say whatever you want to say about it while I double check my notes one time? I think I covered everything though. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I don't, I was not, I was actually disappointed in this book. I really like her as an author, but I was very disappointed for multiple reasons. Got tired of her relentless questions of Zeth. If I were Zeth, I would have kicked this bitch to the curb a long time ago. It's like, if you fucking ask me one more time, if I killed Ruby, I'm going to have to hurt you. I thought the storyline was confusing. Oh, there was part in the book where he is so distraught. Well, spoiler alert, spoiler alert after his father is murdered that he is just seething and standing there almost like a zombie he she can't get him to snap out of it so in order to get him to snap out of it i guess she insults him and then starts running through the woods to snap him out of his anger and i think that's right he bites her in the wood they end up having sex in the rain under a tree mm, yes up against a tree yes i remember that isn't that when he bites her? He bites her again. So he bites her the first time with a where he like removes her shoulder basically. <laughs> but because she's not a wolf, they say that it might take more than one claiming for it to mm. actually complete. And that she gets very sick once he bites her the first time. Not because she's got a freaking gangrene infection in her missing <laughs> shoulder. But because of whatever supernatural shit's happening to her. Right. So he does end up biting her again. And I think that's supposed to almost help her. The more he bites her, I think it's supposed to help her go through the whatever change she's supposed to be going through. Yeah, I think I'd have to say no thank you. Uh, Yeah, once you bit me that first fucking time and yeah. ripped off my... <laughs> yeah. It's like Monty Python where the arm is comes off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the knight. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, where's my service revolver? I'm going to end you, buddy. Yeah. The book was, uh, so do you want me to tell you how the book ended or what happened? Sure. Tell me how it ends. Cause I'm not reading it. Okay. Benjamin ends up, you know, while he's recovering from his first, the first attempt on his life, there's a second attempt on his life. And when they get there, when Mia gets there, Ben is dead. He's obviously been shot with silver bullets. He's dead on the floor. That woman that lived with him was apparently beaten and attacked, but she wasn't shot with silver bullets. That's a little suspicious. We come to find out that she was in on the plot to kill him because she spent 20 years of her life trying to make him happy, but he never got over the loss of his wife. And so told her, I would never accept you as my mate because I had a mate. So she was guilty of killing him. And then it turned out, and I kind of figured out who the person was that was responsible for these deaths of these young girls in the town. It was the sheriff. And Whoa, really? Yeah. Her the mentor from when she was a kid? Yeah. Uh, oh, so, shit. Okay. Yeah. So the sheriff, she ends up, something happens to him. He gets hurt. He's in the hospital. She decides to go to his cabin to find, get him some clothes. And there's another point in the book when we find out that Zeth's mother and Eric's mother died the same way that Ruby and her cousin were murdered, where they were in handcuffs and spread eagle and blah, blah, blah. They never solved the murder of Zeth's mother. Come to So Mia goes into the house to get clothes for Sheriff Pete. And while she's in there, she goes in the closet and she finds, she sees a picture of the sheriff with Zeth's mother when they were teenagers and I guess they were in love in high school. He goes away mm. to college. She, yeah, okay. she lets him know while he's in college, I'm going to marry Benjamin. He's heartbroken. He ends up coming back from college at some point or at some point in his life, sees her, tells her, I still love you, tries to kiss her. She pushes him away, says, I'm in love with my husband. So he killed her accidentally. He pushed her. She hit her head on something. She died. So he staged this whole elaborate freaking scene and they never solved that. So, so it turns out Mia sees that picture. She puts two and two together. She's getting ready to leave. And of course the sheriff is standing there at the doorway and says, I'm sorry you saw that. I can't let you live. She's like, I can't believe you did this. What about the girls? And he ends up saying Ruby was his house cleaner and he he had told her time and time again stay out of my closet because if it came out that he had had a relationship with uh zeth's mother then he would be a suspect ruby of course doesn't listen sees the picture in the closet confronts him for whatever stupid reason he kills her and makes it look like the same way zeth's mother was dead because there's all this suspicion did Benjamin kill her? Did Zeth kill her? Eric was too young to kill her. So they don't, they never solved who killed his mother. When Mia confronts the sheriff, the sheriff and her get in, I think, a gunfight. He ends up shooting her, but she was on the phone, I think, with Zeth. 
and Zeth overheard what was going down. He ends up showing up and rescuing her and kills the sheriff. And that's how the book ends? Basically how the book ends, yeah. We don't know who the the other serial killer's partner is. Okay, I was just going to ask you that because no. I would not have seen the sheriff thing coming a mile away. And like I said, I read it until 75%. So that's actually very surprising to me that that's who was doing it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that the serial killer's partner was going to be her ex-boyfriend that she had in DC, who was also an FBI agent. That was what I predicted. But then you're saying we don't know who it is. So it could be anybody. I don't know. Yeah. So we don't know what's going to happen with her, you know, whether me is going to stand there. Oh, and what happens with the pack is that Zeth and his brother Eric are supposed to fight to the death because all through the book, Zeth's saying how he has to die he would never fight his brother. His life is over so that Zet, Eric can take over as Alpha. But what ends up happening at the end of the book of these four packs that are there, Eric ends up announcing that he's in love with the daughter of one of the other packs. And she is going to take over or she's like an Alpha female. He's going to marry her and be the Alpha partner with her in this other pack so zeth can have the the silver pack and be the alpha of that pack that's, that's fucking of- weird because he was with ruby and ruby was pregnant with his yes, kid, right right so then how is he in love with somebody from the other pack and then also wasn't seth's mother from a different Yes, she was from the Granite Pack. And she when she took Zeth and left the pack, he that's really Zeth's pack is the Granite Pack. Yeah. So I was thinking that what would end up happening was that Seth, who is such a strong alpha, because Mm -hmm. he had this thing with Eric, he would end up going to the Granite Pack and he would become the alpha of that pack. But instead you're saying he stays where he is and then Eric is the one who leaves. But I guess it makes sense if if this is supposed to be a series and then Eric leaves. So then we get Eric's book with this new pack, I guess. Yeah, and there's a person named Jackson that's the alpha of the Granite Pack, which is Zeth's pack. And uh, there's a line in the book towards the end where... When they're all having this discussion, Mia looks over at Jackson and she thinks to herself, did Jackson and Zeth have the same color eyes? Oh, interesting. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's his dad in real life because we, or his real dad, I should say, because we don't know who his dad is. Ben was his adopted dad. I don't know. I don't know if Jackson's old enough to be his dad. I don't know if it's his brother. brother. I don't know. But that pack banished him after the mom left and married the alpha of the copper pack. Oh, interesting. Okay, so she set up a few different people for the future books. Yes, it's de- yes. and okay. so it looks like Mia and Zeth are going to, she's going to continue to hunt who this partner of the serial killer is. She's going to help him run the pack as his mate. Interesting. I actually really liked Eric in the book. I do too. And there's a couple times in the book where he forms this friendship with Gina, the mm-hmm. mom. In his I wolf really like form. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He shifts into the wolf form. And Gina thinks, because she's so messed up from the serial killer incident, this wolf she thinks is her spirit animal. He keeps her, she was going to kill herself in the lake. 
he stops her and she then thinks to herself, oh, the wolf must be my spirit animal. And he visits her and she pets him. He lays at her feet. She pets him. She forms a relationship with him. And at one point, Mia, he shows up and he's hanging out with Mia. And Mia is a little leery of him, but ends up thinking, well, I guess you're not going to hurt me. She ends up talking out loud to him all about the serial killer case, all about the partner, because of course she didn't tell Zeth that there's a, a part, there's this serial killer's partner is looking for her and she's in danger. So when Eric's getting ready to walk away with this woman, he turns around and faces Zeth and he goes, Oh, by the way, there's a serial, the serial killer's partner is after your mate. You may want to talk to her about that. I thought that was pretty funny. He knocks her out. Yeah. And it's very cryptic. The serial killer partner must come up in future books because it's referenced a lot. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. And the serial killer's partner is supposedly moving from the West Coast, the East Coast. Somehow they're able to track him. I don't know. But they're saying he's headed in her direction. So, you know, it's going to happen. But how are they really tracking him? Because she says repeatedly that nobody believed her. Right. That this guy had a partner. It's part of the reason why she was let go because she wouldn't drop it. The fact that he was working alone. So then now all of a sudden they're saying they believe her. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Well, her ex-boyfriend slash partner kind of threw her under the bus so he could get the promotion instead of her. And now he's saying, I do believe you. I think there is another person. You need to come back and work with me on this. And she's like, no, I'm in the middle of this other case. So yeah, there is something weird about that guy. Mm -hmm. He even offers to try to get her her job back. Mm -hmm. And he misses her. We Mm -hmm. dated for almost two years. Don't you miss me? It's like, no, no, I I got got a hunky guy here. I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So do you want to rate the book? (laughs) Yes. What do you thought of this book? Go ahead. Can't wait. Okay. I give it zero dry panties. Oh, wow. I would say this book had me free balling, but in a bad way, because I didn't like this book. The sex scenes were weird. When he finally bites her, it sounded fucking painful. I didn't like how they talked to each other and the repeated references to the loony bin and crazy and all these things really, really bothered me. Is that because you have a mother that struggles with depression and anxiety? And I just think in general, this is not how, if I was reading a book written in the 80s, Sure. <laughs> this is yeah. how people would talk in the 80s. Right. Like, yeah. The 90s. Like I'm saying, this really reminded me of a 90s suspense, try to take it serious. This book was published this year. You should know better right. than to yeah. have all of these references in your book to mental illness. I found them very insulting. And mm. it just bothered me so much that I couldn't, I okay. couldn't keep reading, especially because she's supposed to be a profiler with the FBI. Yeah. So sure, she sees quote unquote crazy people every day, mm-hmm. but her to just casually, and she's supposed to be a psychologist and also, but yeah. do you yeah. call your patients crazy? Right. Like, <laughs> what you imagine? Fuck? Oh my God. I was like, you're you not here to help people. Like you're, yeah. no, you're she, part of the that's... problem. That's your therapist and they're telling you you're a crazy person. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Could you imagine like, oh my God. No. No, it would be horrible. If my therapist did talk like that, I'd hope she'd say it behind my back so that I wouldn't know what she's really thinking of me after all this time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So yeah, that, that more than anything, the way that she spoke or a lot of them spoke in the book really turned me off. Mm Mm-hmm. 
What did you think? I was actually really looking forward to this book dropping because like I said, I like her as an author, but I was kind, I was disappointed in the book, to be honest with you. It wasn't what I thought. I really got sick of Mia's character incessantly questioning him. Did you kill? Did you kill her? Did you kill her? Have you ever killed anybody? Would you kill anybody? There's even a line at the very end of the book where she thinks to herself, because he Zeth says something to her and she thinks it's useless to remind her him that she's an officer of the law. And I thought, Jesus Christ, how many times do you have to tell him? <laughs> yeah. She keeps saying how she's a cop. It's like, you're not even a cop. You're an honorary deputy. He's like um, mm -hmm. five from that show. Citizens <laughs> arrest. Citizens arrest. Like, yeah, you're not a cop. Shut the fuck yes. up. <laughs> yes, I did. I gave this book two and a half semi dry panties. Okay, yeah, that's pretty low because I know you really like her other series and her. Other I do. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I it was not what I thought it was going to be, and I will not be reading the rest of the books in this series. I think it goes without saying I will not be reading that either. <laughs> Are you sure? I was kind of wondering. I couldn't what... even finish this one, so I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, there was a lot going down in this book that I was like, what the? This is ridiculous. Yeah, that was kind of a disappointment. Oh, well, we tried. We did try. <laughs> okay, so what's our next book? Okay, I'm very excited for this book. <laughs> okay. This is going to be the polar opposite where this book that we just did, I thought was kind of stupid, but it takes itself seriously. Mm -hmm. This book we're doing next does not take itself seriously <laughs> at all. And it's going to be really fucking stupid. And I'm excited for it. Yeah, I am too. This is our Thanksgiving episode for our next book. So Thanksgiving, here we come. Pun intended. <laughs> I hear your, I hear your kids. Yeah, not surprising. One second. I either need to soundproof the bathroom or my office. You know, I thought of that when I remodel, hopefully remodel the bathrooms that are in this house. Mm -hmm. Because I can hear water running. I can hear, there's like no insulation in this house. It's really awful. But anyway... I could probably put some of that foam stuff in here because you know before in other episodes we've had the problem with the water for my oh, washing right. machine. Yes. So yeah, I'm a little too centrally located in the house to have this. So I apologize. It's been a lot of background noise on my end because it's a holiday today and my kids are home. Um, oh, that's right. It's Friday. I'm thinking. Oh, I just was thinking. Was I have no concept of time i am it's so right. easily confused it's <laughs> awful yeah so today we're recording on veterans day so my kids have the day off of school we all have the day off of everything yay so. okay. veterans day. the book that we're going to read is called full sack by layla Bay, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it says on the cover monster ever after and it also says thanksgiving erotica i'm very excited <laughs> me too and i would love to have this woman's last name Faye. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, get a pen name. You can name yourself anything you want. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's our next book. What are you reading right now? Right now, I am reading The Governess. Oh, I know what. Say it so that you can piss off Trev. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Trev. I'm <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that on the air, but um, okay, fine. The Finley Fen new book that's called The Governess and the Orc. And I'm about 80% through the book. I keep trying to hurry up and finish it so that I can start the next book for our next 
podcast. And also I want to start the Zoe Draven book. I'm dying to read that book. Oh, I was um, just going to ask you if you already read that one. No, I have not read it yet. I had to decide between the two of them because I'm not reading multiple books at this time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Shocking, isn't it? Is it easier for you to read them faster if you're only on one or what? Not necessarily. Oh, and I know what else I finished. I finished reading that Gentry book by um, T.S. Joyce, which is about a werewolf shifter, which is ironic because this wolf book started reading it after I had started the T.S. Joyce book called Gentry. And I liked that book so much better than this book. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not surprised that you weren't surprised. That's it, I guess. I'm sorry, Rebecca Zanotti, because I really thought I couldn't wait to read this book. So I'm sorry. It's okay. We, you know, it's a, it was a miss for us, but you like her other stuff. So it's all good. Yeah, I love, I've read all her other, The Dark Protectors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you but... love that series. I do. And I think my favorite book in that whole series is the book with Zane and, um, oh God, I had her name and now it's out of my mind. Janie. Oh my God. I'm in love with Zane. So anyway, when are you coming over? What time do you know? Yeah, soon. I was going to say what I was reading. Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I I just want to say what I'm reading because this is a throwback to season one because we read book one in the series for the podcast. Oh, and now we? I'm actually reading book two in the series like weeks and months later. So I don't, you'll probably remember this, but maybe not. So for episode number 16, we read After I Fall by Melissa Circia. It was the Immortal Billionaire series. That was the one with the girl from the small town. She moved to New York. She had the Italian boyfriend who like <laughs> ran a restaurant, but he was a vampire. Yes. That book was okay. And then I kind of liked the side characters a lot in that book. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually reading book two in that series. It's called After I Break. And that book is about Piper, who was the mysterious roommate from book number one. Oh, right. The prostitute. She was like prostitute secret explorer how did she have all this money for this nice ass place and she was never there like she remember she like was there the girl from book one moved in and then she yes. like immediately left and was like here help yourself to my clothes and my shit because we all yeah. came from the same small town it's kind of weird yeah so yes so it's that girl and then the guy is lux who was one of the three guys it was the vampire from book one, Lux, who is an incubus. And then the other guy I'm drawing a blank on, he was the shifter. Yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. Oh, is it good? It is pretty good. I'm only on chapter three or four, I think. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, obviously it's told from Piper and Lux's perspective. It starts out where she doesn't like him. And I thought for sure he was going to like her, but just not tell her because he's an incubus. And how does he not like her? Right. But he actually doesn't like her at all. So it's like, oh, that's kind of a fun twist. They both don't like each other. So I'm interested to see how this plays out. But doesn't she work for him? She works for this other company or this other group, but she has to go do something with Lux on this like artifact yeah like indiana jones style thing together so yes they are working together forced proximity but they don't work for the same company the same oh i thought she always worked for him and that was her job Uh uh-uh she just works closely with him sometimes because of the main people she works for uh sticks and stones i think is what the company name is well that okay i don't know that i would trust a corporation named sticks and stones but (laughs) 
<laughs> be like, that's yeah. a little immature, but you know. Yeah, I don't know. She's like a Indiana Jones, basically. She's constantly looking for artifacts and relics right. and things like that. So it's well, kind of good. Yeah, so I think I was. I think I was going to read the rest of that series or try to read it. That's the one where I threatened to drown the mean girl in the boiling pasta pasta water. water. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't fuck with me, bitch. <laughs> yes, there's a whole bunch of craziness under here. Oh, uh -huh, that's a really good memory because yes, you did say that. Oh <laughs> yeah, God, yeah, okay. That and the rubbing the lemons in people's eyes that you mm -hmm. said was some of my favorite times. And then talking about the bologna sandwich. <laughs> Us and food, I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So that that. Sounds good. And I didn't realize you had started another book. I apologize for that. I don't know why I thought you just, I didn't know you stopped reading this book because usually I bitch and moan to you when I don't want to finish a book Yeah, about how I don't want to finish a book. I just figured I would just stop reading it to save my sanity. And then I would just surprise you here on the podcast by telling you. <laughs> well, it was a surprise. Let me tell you. Yeah. But that's but I, okay. I, I really did try. I tried okay. really hard. No, that's fine. Do it. I've tapped out enough times that you you can at least tap out once. So that's fine. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, honey. Well, I guess so, that's it. I'll be hanging yeah. out waiting for you. I'm excited. All right. Yeah. We'll be over soon. All right, babe. Take care. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm -hmm.